Hey, Jeep junkies. This week, we're going to hear about recalls on Jeeps that might be in your driveway. Also, a big change coming up in the off-road market, and I'll be testing your Jeep knowledge a little later in the show with some Jeep trivia. You know we'll be playing your voicemails, and we'll hear from Nikki G, too. There's two of them now? We'll find out what it takes to skip your CB signal and get your latest reviews of the show. That's right. We'll also talk about a must-have item for Jeepers with deep pockets. We'll get the tech behind the body control modules, and we'll find out some details about some upcoming off-road events. It's all coming up on episode 251 of the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. First week in G. Oh, this one's a doozy, guys. We've got a big recall on Wranglers going on right now. Fiat Chrysler Automobiles is recalling about 310,800 vehicles in two separate recalls involving Jeep Wranglers, Ram Heavy Duty Pickups, and Dodge Charger Sedans. The latest recall, largest recall is for 225,000 new model Jeep Wranglers because of sensor wiring that may malfunction and keep airbags from deploying. Basically, what will happen is some of the wiring can get severed, pinched, or otherwise shorted out and cause the SRS or sudden restraint system to not function properly or in some cases not function at all. Of the affected Wranglers, about 183,000 are in the United States, about 18,000 in Canada, 3,100 in Mexico, and another 21,000 or so in several markets outside of North America. If you think you are one of the many who are affected by this, then look out in your garage, driveway, or parking lot, and if your Jeep Wrangler is from the 2016 and 2017 model years made from June 16, 2015 to August 14, 2016, then you're SOL, <laughs> and you'll be wanting to contact your nearest dealer ASAP. Now, obviously, some of the 2017 model year Wranglers are still with the company, so we needn't worry about too much about those. Unless, that is, the defect somehow mutates and manifests itself into a spontaneous combustion or sudden detonation and your Jeep becomes one of the living dead and develops a bloodthirsty mind of its own. <laughs> Yikes. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. I'm getting into the Halloween spirit early. FCA <laughs> said there has been no reported injuries, crashes, or consumer complaints due to the possible defect and that the company staff discovered the malfunction during its own routine testing. U.S. safety regulators said that in certain types of crashes, front airbags, seatbelt tighteners will not activate increasing risk of injury, and of course may possibly kill you. Consumers will be advised by FCA to schedule appointments with FCA dealers, who will of course fix the issue at no charge. Well, here's a name that we haven't heard in a little while, Trans-American Auto Parts. They are going to be acquired by another name that I'm sure you're going to be familiar with, Polaris. All-terrain vehicle maker Polaris Industries Incorporated said today it would buy off-road SUV accessories maker Trans-American Auto Parts uh, Company for about $665 million. Uh, Trans-American Auto Parts uh, is a leader in the fast-growing $10 billion per year SUV accessories market and is known for aftermarket brands such as ProComp, Rubicon Express, and Poison Spider. The deal will create a leading company in the four-wheel drive off-road market and extend Polaris's presence in aftermarket accessories and attract new consumers to its existing brands, including Polaris Ranger and Sportsman ATVs. Compton, California-based Trans-American Auto Parts has sales of $740 million in the 12 months ending on September 30th, Privately owned Transamerican Auto Parts sells and distributes its product through multiple channels, including 75 four-wheel parts stores and two online platforms. So, what is this going to mean for you and I specifically? Well, hopefully lower costs on aftermarket Jeep parts. You guys with me? I hope so. 
If you are, well, make sure you guys drop us a line. Send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com if you guys have a story that you think we should be reporting on or if you have a response to any one of our stories. Hope to hear from you soon. In the meantime, guys, we want to hear from you. We want to find out a little bit more about you guys. And of course, you can do that by helping us out by taking our survey over at jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. Now, look, we're not going to gather your information and, and use it for nefarious purposes or anything like that. Guys, we're not even going to share your information with anybody else. This is strictly for our purposes only to find out who our audience is. Now, obviously, we know who Nikki G is, and uh, we don't need to know too much more about him, but we need to know more about you, our average listener. And, uh, of course, you guys can do that just by giving us a little bit of your personal information over at jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. Help us out, guys. Fill out the information. Trust me, it will be safe. It goes to a good cause. If, it's at, if it asks for your debit card and your PIN information, that is not our survey. Yeah. <laughs> Jeep is off-road. Jeep is about the journey. Jeep has a great story. A story that I want to tell. I'm a voiceover talent, and I'm going off-road with a grassroots marketing campaign to voice for Jeep. Want to join me on the ride? I could sure use the company. Please tag Jeep. Post a link to kb4jeep.com. Add a message and use the hashtag MyJeepStory. Thanks, Jeep Talk Show, and your listeners for your support along this crazy journey. See you on the social media trail. Hey, Morse! I'm Clyde, and this is Tommy. From the Runhouse! You're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. Cheers! You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. You are indeed. If you'd like to learn more about the 4x4 Radio Network, what it is and, well, what is all there, well, by all means, all you have to do is head over to 4x4radionetwork.com. Real easy. And you're going to learn about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, and the Trail, Ca- Trail Chasers podcast. 4x4radionetwork.com, your one-stop shop for all your off-road audio needs. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Man, shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Uh, so Tony and Josh, I was like kind of struggling a little bit for um, a topic for Wrangler Talk tonight because I've been so busy packing up my Jeep, getting ready to head out tomorrow to Roush Creek. For we don't want to hear about your bragging. Like just do the story. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really excited. I get to be... Um, I I'm gonna be a gunner um for one of the groups. Who so, the hell gave um, you a firearm? I know. <laughs> that that would be quite scary. Um now uh, a lady and I we're gonna be leading one of the groups. She's gonna be leading it and I'm gonna be the rear end, I guess you would say. Um so anyway, I'm kind of excited about that. So anyway, Tony, so I was behave. like looking- It's it's oh. a place that I'm often at, you know. <laughs> um I can so hear you squirming I'm going to do a here. little trivia tonight about Wranglers and Jeeps. And Tony and Josh, no peeking at my script because I'm going to throw Okay, I'm not even on the you. same screen, so you're, okay. you're safe. <laughs> so just a few little things you may or may not know about Jeeps and Wranglers. But just like the Willys MB and the Jeep CJ, the Wrangler continues to use a separate body and frame, rigid solid axles, both, both front and rear, and a fold-flat windshield and it can be driven without doors. Now, if you didn't know that, then you need some help. Anyway, but its suspension, drivetrain, and interior were borrowed from what, Tony and Josh? What I was the told there'd be no math. 
Boy, you, you use that for anything, don't you? Uh, <laughs> Officer wants you to sign the ticket. I was told there would be no math. <laughs> so the Wrangler suspension and drivetrain and interior were borrowed from the new Cherokee XJ model. Of course they um, were. Pardon? I said, of course they were. Yes, I'm surprised you guys didn't know that. For what? The, what, the, the Wrangler? Yes. That's what it said online that's interesting i mean i thought the the actually the the wrangler goes all the way back at least not the wrangler but the the basis of the wrangler goes all the way back to the world war ii yeah but the uh the the tj i think might be what she's referring to mm-hmm. um I, might it shares the same suspension and drivetrain as the as the xj however the the yj the wrangler before uh, the TJ, the one with the square headlights, um, had a different suspension system. Yeah, leaf springs in the front. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Danny. So the Wrangler debuted in 1986 as a new model after discontinuance of the famous model, the CJ. It was revised in 1996 and completely redesigned in 2006. In addition to the model name Wrangler, each model received a designation corresponding to its generation, which most of you know, YJ, TJ, JK, JKU. Now, in the 70s, 1970s, what store stocked replacement parts for all Jeeps? Tony and Josh, any idea? Uh, Walmart wasn't, uh, uh, wasn't then. Walmart, you guys. In the 1970s. Um, Kmart. Sears. Oh, I was Sears? Ex- really? That's yep. pretty cool. It was extremely done? convenient for those who did not want to go to the dealership. Um, and guess which is one of the most popular models of the Jeep? Everywhere you go, you see these on the road. Oh, the XG, of course. It, yes, the Cherokees. They were meant to display the civility as well as the ruggedness of the Cherokee people. Then, during oh, World War II, General George C. Marshall, U.S. Army Chief of Staff, and later the U.S. Secretary of State, described the Jeep 4x4 as America's greatest contribution to modern warfare. General Dwight D. Eisenhower confidently said America could not have won World War II without the Jeep. Oh, I don't doubt it. And there's even, I was trying to track it down, I saw somewhere that the Jeep was even given a Purple Heart, but I couldn't find any official word on that. <laughs> I bet those things were beat to death. So, yeah, I bet you that the, there should have yeah. been numerous Purple Hearts awarded. But that's, uh, that's a good sentiment. A uh, man named Mark A. Smith, some of you out West may recognize this name. He organized the first Jeep trek across the Rubicon Trail near Lake Tahoe in 1953. And they've never stopped since. And today, Jeep Jamborees are large enough to warrant Jeep bringing a unique concept vehicle to thank loyal fans, which was the Rubicon. Jeep is the only vehicle designed to have its doors removed. Jeep owners are the second most likely to post on which social media site, Tony? Oh, it's probably Facebook. Instagram. Interesting. I would have guessed Facebook as well. Mm -hmm. Taking the top spot in 19 states. The Jeep fraternity of Jeep owners is proud of their Jeeps and the places they can take them. Now, you guys mentioned the square headlights in 1986. The 87 model of the YJ introduced square headlights, but that didn't go over too well. A lot of people <laughs> protested it. I bet. So they reintroduced the round headlights later in 1997. 
And when Jeep rolled out the new TJ model, they included some new features. One of the coolest new features was the coil springs. These springs allowed people to travel over even rougher lands. Hey, do you guys know any cool Jeep trivia? Well, I'd love for you to share it with us. And you can do it over at the JeepTalkForum.com. And I will be posting up some of these Jeep trips. Jeep. Trivia tips on the forum later this week. So go over there and check it out at jeeptalkform.com or you can email me at info at Jeep Talk Show and use the subject line Wrangler Talk. Yeah, and I think I'll just mention here really quick uh, Jeep Talk Show uh, or actually jeeptalkforum.com. Uh, if you're not a forum person, uh, and, and God knows there's good reason not to be a forum person. Well, this forum's different. Uh, we make sure that everybody respects everybody else, up to it, including editing posts and then letting people know why we edited it. Hopefully, they'll learn that uh, that you have to respect everybody there, and uh, they will post accordingly in the future. So, uh, we we, we want to be friendly. We want to let everybody uh, speak their mind, but we just want to have them do it in a nice, respectful way. You know, something that people should do on their own, but uh, we make sure it happens over on Jeep Talk Forum. So, if you're Fearful, don't be fearful. Come over there and post away. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Talk Show at? We would like to know. Hell, you could even go over to the Jeep Talk Forum and let us know. So uh, let us know where you listen to the Jeep Talk Show. Hey, uh, this is what Daddy like. Daddy like reviews. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a few good ones here to, tonight, guys. Of course, you guys can find a place to review us pretty much anywhere where you can find us on the web, over at iTunes, over on Facebook, YouTube, pretty much anywhere where you can find us. There is a means for there uh, for you guys to leave us a review, leave us a comment, all sort, all that, that that sort of stuff. So, of course, on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, that sort of thing, those five-star reviews, hey, we love those. And, of course, any constru- constructive criticism, well, we always read that on the air as well. Yeah, there's, well, tonight, been, there's been some yeah, people pretty surprised that we read them, too. <laughs> yeah, actually. Uh, we'll see. The Both of these, I believe, are from iTunes. We've got five-star yes. uh, uh, ratings on both of them. Uh, Tony, do you want to take the first one? Sure. The, uh, the first one is titled, Great, with an exclamation mark. This is by Dennis H125, and uh, this came in on October uh, 14th. Rating five stars, great show, very informative and entertaining. Thanks, with two exclamation marks. And we thank you for that review. We've got one here by D.L. Dunn, a.k.a. Sick and Twisted Bastard, uh, on October 14th. <laughs> thank you 14th. for reading that. I didn't have to read that. <laughs> <laughs> on October 14th, he gave us a five-star rating. said, love the podcast. Very informative. Lots of humor. Keep up the good work, Tammy, Tony, and Josh. All Jeeps have black, by the way. Leave the red for the stepchildren. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, so, D.L. Dunn. So a little, uh, little trivia here. Uh, uh, Dusty Dunn uh, was a uh, sick and twisted bastard from uh, the Tony and Josh show because he was always sending us this stuff that was 
worse than Josh and I could come up oh, with. Man, I, oh I would God, find really? stories. Yeah, I would find stories so deep from the yes. gutter. It was it, it was beyond even uh, my comprehension that these. I mean, you can't write this stuff uh, up, guys. Uh, Tonyandjosh.com. Go check out some of our old shows. But Dusty would send in recommendations, and I have no idea where the hell he'd find these stories from. <laughs> well, um, but well, some he's of a them truck were, driver. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them were so outrageous. Uh, I think there were there were one or two that I, I just plain and simply could not no. put on the air. It was so. just like here, look look at this. <laughs> so anyway, but no, we, we we love Dusty and uh, and, and uh, Mr. Dunn. Thank you so much for your sick and twistedness. And he knows he's a sick and twisted bastard. <laughs> so it, it's okay, Tammy. <laughs> Self proclaimed, even look at it. It's a yeah. Note. <laughs> you got tech questions? Oh, what do I ever? have answers oh that's good because I think it's tech talk with jeep talk Yahoo. okay what is a bcm and why do i need one all right first let me say that this week's tech topic is more of a case study and i'm using it more of a means to teach you guys a little bit about one of the various control modules in today's more complex vehicle systems than anything else now the body control module or bcm well this little computer is arguably one of the most vital systems in a vehicle the BCM is a generic term for an electronic control unit responsible for monitoring and controlling various electronic accessories in a vehicle's body. Typically in a car, the BCM controls the power windows, power mirrors, air conditioning, immobilizer system, central locking, virtually every single indicator and light bulb on the inside and on the outside of the vehicle, and more. You guys get the idea. The BCM communicates with other onboard computers via the car's vehicle bus. That's basically the information, information highway that travels through and to and from all the systems in a vehicle. And its main application is controlling load drivers, actuating relays that in turn perform actions in the vehicle, such as locking the doors or dimming the dome light. In the case of Jeep's 2015 Renegade, there has been a whopping 40 technical service bulletins in only the year or so that it's been on the market, and over half of which are for the electrical systems. Now, two of these are directly related to the BCM. The first was issued June 15, 2015, and even before that, in January and February, early in the vehicle's life. TSBs were being issued for consistent customer complaints about the functionality of a lot of the systems. Power mirrors that didn't work right, signals and indicators that would act like they had a mind of their own, power seats that would only work some of the time, and the list goes on and on. July 16th, 2015, another software update, just one of dozens that have been required for normal operation of your average everyday 2015 Jeep Renegade. Now, I have some insider information on how in one of these cases, the owner has been left high and dry. A couple months ago, a coworker of mine was having issues with his 2015 Renegade. Before we go too much further, let me say that if your Renegade has a computer issue, well, you are screwed. You see, the Renegades have an electronically controlled parking brake, which is actuated once the vehicle is put into park automatically. Of course, the only way to get the vehicle to release the parking brake is by pushing a button and hoping that the, all the various control modules are working correctly and the actuator is disengaged. In this case, the BCM malfunctioned and the vehicle not only wouldn't start, but the e-brake would not disengage either. So, there you are, stuck. Maybe in the driveway, trying to leave for work, or maybe at the pump or the grocery store. In this case, it was in his driveway. And the first, the first indication was something was amiss was that the instrument cluster went through its diagnostic check and failed every single system. Now, one after the other, the cluster lit up like a Christmas tree with a barrage of warning lights and, of course, no start. So, he tried jumping it, thinking it was a dead battery. And rightly so, certainly had the symptoms thereof. And, well, he certainly isn't very, you know, knowledgeable in vehicle systems and all that. So he did what, you know, your average everyday car owner would do. And only after sitting there and attempting to turn it over multiple times did it finally start for him. Well, here's where things get a little suspenseful. See, he was basically below E. With not enough gas to make it to work or to the dealership, he had no choice. 
about to head right to the gas station. So when the $20 was done being pumped in, he crossed his fingers and it started, thankfully. So straight to the dealership he went. Still being under warranty, the dealer, who in this case will also remain anonymous until this case is fully resolved, said that they'd take care of it right away. They looked things over, determined it could use a software update, and they had him on his way shortly. Well, after a couple weeks, it did it again. Exact same thing. Dashboard lit up like a Christmas tree and no start. So this time, being a little more mad and not wanting to screw with it any longer at all, he had to had it towed straight back to the dealership, where there it sits. Still. So here's the thing with Renegades. Each of their computers is directly tied to the VIN series of that specific model, year, and trim. Yeah, lovely, right? So after days of testing at the dealership, it was determined that the only fix for this was a direct replacement, which, of course, is not available. As in, not even <laughs> at the FCA factory is there any on the shelves? And since they are VIN specific and it's not like the dealer can pull one from a 2016 and be done with it. Well, in fact, there's only a few hundred renegades in the entire United States made that have a compatible computer with my coworkers. So it should be pretty easy, right? To cross reference some sort of database or list somewhere to see if there's a compatible rig on a dealership lot somewhere that hasn't sold or one that's sitting in a junkyard somewhere waiting to be stripped. Yada, yada, right? Well, the problem is that, one, the vehicle's too new to find in many of the junkyards, yet alone be lucky enough to find a matching VIN series, and two, none of the privately owned dealerships are connected in any way to each other whatsoever to link inventory or parts, unless said dealership is, of course, in part of, part of a specific dealer network that has its own private network. And the only FCA network in existence is just for the hubs that service the regions, and none of those are connected either. Brilliant, right? So my coworker was completely fed up at this point and was about ready to draw and quarter the GM at a dealership that he brought, bought the Jeep from. But the GM was willing to do just about anything to appease him and seemed overly eager to try and sell my coworker a new vehicle in what I can only assume was an attempt to sweep all of this under the rug. Well, it was a futile attempt. He was having none of that, and my coworker was assigned a caseworker by FCA who contacted him less than 24 hours later. Now, this is when he found out just how much of a cluster F FCA's computer systems are for handling this sort of thing. This is also when he found out that it's not likely going to be before the first week of December before he can even see his new vehicle again, let alone before FCA is going to make a run on specific Renegade BCMs. In the meantime, he's left with being forced to drive a loaner car, and FCA nor the dealership are giving him much hope at all for this issue being resolved anytime in the very near future. So... I want to ask you guys out there if you have any similar anything similar happen to you or your renegade. And if so, I want you guys to give us a call and let us know. And be sure to stay subscribed to the Jeep Talk Show to hear how this story ends up playing out as well. And of course, if you guys have any questions or any uh, tech topics you'd like covered here on the show, well, drop me a line. I'll be happy to take my best stab at answering your questions. Just send your emails to info at jeeptalkshow.com with a subject line, Tech Talk. Now, I'll apologize ahead of time, Josh. Uh, I, I get busy behind the scenes doing some things, checking to make sure, sure things are going. No so so sometimes I don't get to settle into the, the story. And until, I go really fast. Until so. later in the bit. And you say your coworker. Now, is this a an actual person that you know? or something This is were, an actual person that I know. Now, we don't do wow. a whole lot outside of work together, but mm-hmm. I've seen this guy every day that I've gone to work for the last 10 years. So I know him pretty well. And uh, we talk fairly frequently. And I sat down and, and interviewed him um, very, very informally uh, while right. at work the other day. And then we're talking about this issue because I hadn't seen his Jeep in a while. And I was like, hey, you know, <laughs> hey, I thought you got a new Jeep here recently. What, you know, what's going on? And so that when he kind of started telling me this story and 
So I started asking more questions and I started doing some research wow. myself and find out, you know, exactly what was behind all this. And, and uh, he's telling me, you know, filling me in over the last couple few days about what's going on. And he was actually supposed to be contacted either today um, or tomorrow by um, his FCA co- uh, caseworker. And I kid you not, that is their title. They uh, have a caseworker specifically for these sorts of things. And um, I, I'm guessing this is, you know, more or less to kind of help take some of the steam off of the GM or the dealerships mm-hmm. uh, because I can understand customers can get rather irate. Well, the so, GM uh, didn't make the thing. He's just trying to sell it. Right, so it should right. go back to the manufacturer. Well, and it is a manufacturer warranty that is covering this. It's just that dealers are being compensated through the factory mm-hmm. by, you know, them taking care of the, uh, of the issue. So, you know, yes, all of this is going to be covered under warranty. Yes, he's not going to have to pay any money. And, and yes, he probably will eventually get his vehicle back, I'm assuming, sometime eventually. But it'll nonetheless, be, it'll be one is, of the same color. <laughs> well, you know, well, here's the thing is they wanted to get him into a newer Renegade. Here, Well, we've got a 2016 here on the lot. We can get you into this one right away. It's just sign here, you know, and he's like, that's not mine. It's not the color I wanted. It's not the trim package I wanted. And, you know, but they were like, well, it's a limited, you know, it's got the leather, you know, and it's like the only thing that it had over his that his did, I think, was the uh, the the braking assist lane departure. And uh, I think it might have had the automatic park parallel parallel parking or something. I can't remember exactly. Well, but. they need to give him a Trailhawk and the color that he wants, frankly, and, well, the, and the same I, I told, payment. I, you know, I told him in, unless they're going to be giving you a specific date saying, yes, your vehicle will be ready by noon, December 2nd or whatever it is, you know, then you need to start raising a bigger stake oh, yeah. because at this point you've been out of your vehicle for many, many weeks. I mean, it's been a couple months already at this point. That's ridiculous. Um, and he's looking at not, I mean, the earliest that anything could happen would be the first week of December. I mean, nothing is going to, I mean, there would be a miracle. You know, the seas will part and a BCM will fall out of the sky. And, and you know, that's what it's going to take for him to get his Jeep back before December. And I'm thinking that, that he's likely not going to get it until, you know, after the first of the year. You know, so I'm, 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 I feel for the guy because I don't think anybody should, should go through this, let alone a Jeeper. But, you know, this is one of these things where... It doesn't even fall into the lemon law category. Here in, in Oregon, it's three strikes and you're out. He's in strike two right now. He took it to dealership once. They fixed it, kind of. They right. had to bring it back for the exact same issue. They said they're going to fix it. If they don't this time, then that's three strikes. That vehicle's a lemon right off the lot. So he does have some recourse there. But I started asking him questions as far as what is a reasonable amount of time. If it's, you know, oh, uh, two you know, months six is, months is between, way yeah, between the time that your car gets serviced and you don't have it the entire time, now, I, you know, I think that there's a, a certain argument here available for, you know, reasonable time. Yeah. Now, I will say this on, on the, the, the defense of, uh, of Jeep and that dealership, they are providing a, uh, a vehicle for him to drive. Uh, you know, FCA is doing something with their caseworker. I would right. definitely change that name to, you know, unicorn fairy princesses or something, anything other than caseworker. <laughs> I mean, you know, because that sounds like local you know, government or gurus or something. Yeah, you know, hey, come up with yeah. something a little more creative yeah. than, uh, and, than that. And I don't blame you, man. It just seems outrageous, especially in the 21st century, that you can't have a program that links everything together so that people can share parts. So, I mean, is is this just so much bad engineering and planning on on the developers' um, side of things? I mean, this is a, an, an automaker that you know, should have foreseen something like this happening. 
you know, we have a part oh. on a vehicle. This part should be be able to be compatible with a myriad of cars that and, are using and a if similar it's, system. And if it's not, somebody, I'm sure, some engineer somewhere said, we need to have this program, we need to have this device at all of the dealerships so that we can reprogram the VIN information so that whenever something like this happens, it can be taken care of at the dealership. Right. You have a generic model that can be slapped in or, and you just reflash it with the with the VIN specific, yeah. you know, data that can be downloaded from the uh, from the you know the factory or whatever. Right. I mean, this shouldn't be so difficult. Or you can set up a, 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 a one person or two people that take uh, overnight deliveries from the dealerships of the BCM modules. They plug them into the machine. They put in the VIN number that the, the you know, the, I mean, they get the information off. They put it in the new VIN. They ship it back. Boom. It's back. I mean, two months? Come on. Anyway, yeah. it's a very interesting story, and uh, I'm very sad, even though, and I think everybody knows, I'm not a big Renegade fan. It's it's a Fiat with a Jeep badge in, in my mind. Uh, it's a it's a neat looking vehicle, and and you know it's kind of like goes along with the new Cherokee. If it was uh, had another name badge on it besides a Jeep, I'd be happy with it because I, you know I'm not going to buy it, but you know that's great. It's a it's a great vehicle uh, from uh, all indications. I mean, people really like it, uh, with uh, with the exception of what you're hearing. But anyway, it'll be interesting to hear what more you find out here in the future. Yeah, indeed, and I will be keeping you guys apprised of this story. And if, uh, make sure you guys uh, stay subscribed so that you can hear the latest on this and everything else. The Jeep Dog Show. It's not about us. It's about you, the listeners. It's Tim from Torrance. Hey, Jeepers. This is uh, Rob from Texas. Hey, guys. It's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another grand adventure. Hey, guys. This is Cody from Indiana. Yoo-hoo. Hello, Jeep Talk Show crew. <laughs> this is FJ Rick. Hi, guys. This is Joe. If a turtle doesn't have a shell, is he naked or homeless? Hey, guys. This is Ron out in Arizona. Hey, what's up? Jeep Talk Show. This is Jason, Oregon Trail Off-Road. Hi, this is Jake from California, and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast. Hey, this is uh, PAG Freak. Hey, Tony, Josh, Danny, Sexy, Jake, Colin. This is John, I'm Free Runner in 1982, and on today's Radio Context segment, I'm going to talk about APRS, an anal probe restraint system. No! No, 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 that's not right. We love our listeners. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. And our listeners love us, too. And, of course, well, you guys can hear it right there. And you can hear it twice a week. In fact, we are giving love back to our listeners with two shows, guys. And, of course, if you like to spend some love with us, well, by all means, drop us a line. Give us a call, 530-675-4102. Let us know how much you love the Jeep Talk Show. Just like Josh said, we love hearing from all of you. So be sure and call our voicemail, which is 530-675-4102. You can leave us a message anytime, any day, day or night. Or you can jump over to our website at jeeptalkshow.com and you can leave us a message there as well. Just click on the leave voicemail button. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do. So at the beep, leave your message. Hey guys, it's Goose Tatum again, Colorado. I was just calling to tell y'all I've caught up with the whole tire pressure thing, and uh, here's my opinion. You got a set of tires, you run them for a while, they're worn on the outside, well, the tires are too low. They're worn in the center, tires are up too high. They're wearing pretty even, tires are all right. They're just wearing on the inside, camber's off. 
or your toe, whichever. And if they're wearing uneven, all patchy, take a look at your suspension. Something in there is loose. Other than that, uh, I know that's a really late comment, but oh well. Um, gonna be heading up to Divide, Colorado this weekend. Hit the gulches where the Hayman fire burned through several years back. I think it was back in 2002. Gonna be heading up there with some old military friends and whatnot. I hope y'all have a good weekend and hope y'all are enjoying y'all's uh, weeknights. Y'all take it easy and, uh, me and White Noise, I'll holler at you later. All right, bye. Well, thanks for calling in, uh, Goose. And uh, wow, uh, that's some good information on uh, the tire pressure. Unfortunately, it sounds like your uh, your tire has to get uneven wear for you to find out what the if if the tire pressure is wrong or if there's front end issues. But uh, yeah, it's great information. Uh, so we appreciate you calling in. Now let's get over to Johnny Juliet. Hey, what's up? It's Juliet, Johnny. Uh, you guys were talking about clock springs. Uh, they actually are pretty easy to diagnose. Because they uh, they had the foresight to separate the airbag from everything else. Uh, the XJ only had cruise control, but the Grand Cherokee also had radio controls. Uh, what you can do is go to the junkyard, get some uh, switches. They're probably good. Uh, depin them. And by that, I mean remove the plastic connector from it. Uh, pull the, the plastic from around your steering column, and you'll find where it plugs in. Uh, from, from there, you'll uh, like match the, the pins up. You need a wiring diagram. If you have a factory service manual, it's not a big deal to figure out what goes where. But uh, that's how I diagnosed that my clock spring was bad for my cruise control. So I have no airbag light. It's just the cruise control won't work. Uh, all right. Oh, by the way, I listening to the message, it still says XJ Talk. So you might want to redo the message for the call-in number. All right. Bye. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I remember when my clock spring went out on my 98, uh, the uh, airbag light would come on. And uh, of course, like what you were saying, the uh, the cruise control uh, wouldn't operate properly. So yeah, there's uh, uh, also to the horn wouldn't work. Uh, so there's a, a couple of things uh, that will uh, that will go out. Um, and actually, I found out recently, and I don't know if this is uh, nationwide or not, maybe uh, Josh, Tammy, you guys can can speak to this. Uh, I found out recently that you do not have to have a working airbag to pass a uh, vehicle inspection in Texas. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, I, that's because that's, I, I know um, having your airbag, well, if your airbag is malfunction, malfunctioning, wouldn't that throw a code? You would think it would. It does and not. In, in, in my state, if you, if, if you have a code that's thrown, then you can't pass your DEQ and you're not getting a tag for your license. Yeah, that's a, your that, license it's plate. the same here. You can't have a check engine light. It does not throw a check engine light. It just shows the airbag indicator. Hmm. 
But yeah, so you can literally, at least here in the state of Texas, remove that steering wheel, put on a custom steering steering wheel like we used to do back in the the eighties, yeah. you know, and like fancy things or up. something like that. Well, those sure. little bitty uh, chains, uh, chrome chain <laughs> steering wheels, you know. I don't know <laughs> how. Yeah, inches. I don't know how you drive with the, something like that. Uh, <laughs> Real good power steering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but uh, yeah. It's just, it's really strange. Uh, I was surprised. The 99 is having some clock spring issues. And uh, uh, when my daughter went to take it to have it inspected, uh, she was hoping that it would be off because it was, it's the clock spring is acting up. It's not all bad all the time. And uh, that's what she was told. Doesn't matter. Uh, doesn't have to have an, air, an airbag uh, to pass inspection in Texas. All right, let's get to our second uh, voicemail from Goose. Hey, guys, it's Goose in Colorado. I got a question for you. Why do people want to change the rear brakes on an XJ to disc brakes? Do they plan on towing with it? From a lot of my research, I've seen that, yes, disc brakes do stop you better. They are better if you have loads over the rear end and stopping things. I drive a commercial vehicle and I can... Because I would much rather have drum or disc brakes sometimes. However, most of my trucks have drum brakes. Also, aren't drum brakes better at keeping dirt and debris off of the braking surface than disc brakes when off-roading? All right, you guys take it easy. Bye. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, everybody that I've heard uh, always wants to go to disc brakes on their Cherokees. They want to get rid of those drum brakes. And I, I guess it also it goes to the TJ as well because uh, the I think I don't think there is a TJ that came with disc brakes. I think they're all rear drum brakes. Uh, so, uh, but interesting question about uh, isn't uh, drum brakes better because it keeps uh, debris out of uh, the braking system? And uh, I don't know, Josh. What do you think? I mean, what's the the I mean, the stopping, and I think the the discs are kind of self cleaning because they're open. But yeah, I mean, well, look, there, it's not like a bicycle where you have a large gap between the pad and the rim. There, the the brake pad is always on has always has contact to the rotor surface. It's what's called brake drag, and or caliper drag, and 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 this. This prevents things like rocks from getting up in there, from dust buildup, from, you know, things get the, the rotors getting too wet and, you know, things like that. Now, obviously, you can get a rock up in there. Obviously, you can get sand and dirt up in there. Obviously, you can get your brakes wet and they, and they not work too well. But this brake drag or caliper drag is, is meant to reduce that as much as possible. So would, are drums better than, than discs in this case? I would say absolutely not because if your drum brakes get wet, trust me, they're going to take a lot longer to stiffen up than a disc brake that's uh, that has gotten wet will. So, um, you know, are they more reliable? You know, there's probably arguments for that as well. Do they last longer? Yada yada. I mean, in the end, a a, a you know the a disc brake system is by far more efficient and safer over a drum brake system, in my opinion. Yep, uh, I agree. Oh, and uh, hmm. I don't think I mentioned this one. Let's, uh, I think I skipped one. Here, let's, uh, let's try this again. Hey, guys. It's uh, Mike from New Jersey calling in again. Um, just wanted to uh, give my two cents on the latest two questions you guys were posing on the Jeep Talk call-in show, and I got a question for you. So first, I uh, love the sticker idea. Um, 
I'm all over the web looking at all the different stickers that people are putting on their Jeeps. My favorite and the one I've got on mine is one that's got a picture of a Wrangler and around it says, mine won a war, yours mows my lawn. That's a classic in my mind. And, uh, the other one, uh, the other question you guys had was, uh, about naming Jeeps and my Jeep's got a name. My four-year-old son named my Jeep actually and he named it Archie Road. So I'm not sure where he got that from, but we've been talking about her ever since, uh, ever since I picked her up. So, um, question is that, uh, I've got a, uh, front and rear hitch on my, uh, JKU and, uh, and I'm not a really a big fan of, uh, having a winch or using a winch. I feel like it's almost like a cheat out on the trails, but in a pinch, I thought it might be handy to have one on a little hitch receiver and throw it in the front and throw it in the rear, have some cable hookups there for power and God forbid I needed it somewhere out there. I could use it. I'm just wondering what Josh, what you think about that? Uh, you know, I know we're kind of talking about torquing angles and, you know, bending the front hitch or the rear hitch. I'm not really that concerned about it because it'd be a heck of a lot cheaper than, uh, you know, getting stuck out there. So, uh, just want to see what you guys think and keep up the good work and can't, uh, can't stop listening to you guys. So, I'll uh, see you out there. Well, really appreciate you calling in, especially uh, calling in about the uh, the Jeep Talk call-in show. And uh, interesting name, uh, Archie Road, uh, that your four-year-old gave uh, gave your Jeep. Yeah, I, I don't know where that came from either. <laughs> but it doesn't matter if your four-year-old, it's like the thing with the phone. If a three-year-old takes a, a toy phone and says it's for you, you take the call. doesn't matter That's who right. you are. Oh, of course. <laughs> so if a four-year-old names your Jeep, that's the name of the Jeep. Yeah, I don't think that having a winch on your uh, any vehicle, uh, off-road or even two-wheel drive, is is would be considered cheating. Uh, actually, I think it's a great idea. I uh, I once was driving home in a horrific rainstorm, uh, driving home from school, and my little two-wheel drive uh, car. And uh, I, uh, as a 16-year-old, I would drive pretty aggressively, and uh, I was taking a turn. Uh, it was a long uh, turn, but. Uh, I was going too fast and I hydroplaned and I spun out into a field. And I mean, we're talking about horrific rainstorm. Uh, It wasn't, uh, I don't think it was, it was nighttime, but it was like nighttime because the the cloud cover was so bad. Anyway, I distinctly remember a, a Jeep, like a Wrangler or a CJ driving up in the field. The person didn't get out. They just, I don't know how I, it's a long time ago, but they motioned or something. I got the the cable and spooled it to my vehicle and they operated the whole thing from inside their vehicle. So they had in cab control. That's nice. And they were able to pull me out of the grass that I couldn't move in because you know, it's, it's wet, it's grassy and I'm in a two wheel drive uh, car pulled me out far enough uh, to where I could get on the side of the road. I, uh, I, as far as I remember, I helped uh, the, you know, got the cable all the way back on, on the Jeep. I waved, got in my vehicle, absolutely soaking wet, sure. and drove the rest of the way home. <laughs> so hmm. uh, I not only do I think that you should have a, a winch on your Jeep, I think you should have in-cab control. <laughs> yeah, that, that certainly is a nice little uh, creature comfort uh, for sure. I mean, especially you know, out here in the Northwest, man, I can't tell you how many times I've pulled, I pulled cable in the rain. Yep, and it, because it's not just used for whenever you're off-road. Uh, it can be used whenever you accidentally go off-road in an accident or, uh, 
something, things can happen, snow, ice, whatever, and you can actually help rescue yourself. So uh, it's not a bad idea having a trailer hitch uh, on the front and then the back and, and pulling out the, the winch. Um, if, if I ever have the spare money, I'm going to buy me a second winch for the rear and do the trailer hitch thing there. But I definitely think having a trailer, uh, I'm sorry, having a winch on the front is a very good idea for any off-road vehicle. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just take it one step down from that and say at the very least front and rear recovery points and a good good toe strap. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Toe I mean, points keep, it, keep it in the vehicle all times, and and then you know if you if you if you're in a situation where you need recovery or you need to recover somebody, you don't necessarily need to have a winch. You just need to be able to hook a strap onto them or hook yourself up to a strap and up to somebody else and get yanked out or yank that other person out or yank them into a position where they can get towed or, or what have you. So, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, there's, there's so many different ways to recover a vehicle. You know, you can use a come along, you can use a high lift jack, you can use a winch, you can use a toe strap. I mean, you can use a lot of shoelaces and a whole lot of people, you know, I mean, come on, you know, there's, there's a hundred different ways that you can get a vehicle unstuck. I wouldn't say a winch is cheating by any stretch of the imagination. Well, thanks, Mike, for the, the voicemail and the plug for the Jeep Talk call-in show. And, you know, the Jeep Talk call-in show is live every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Central Time. You are the star of the Jeep Talk call-in show. Set a reminder and call in and speak with me and Tony. Special episode is coming up on November 8th. Clyde and Tommy, or Tommy and Clyde, <laughs> will join us live from the Roadhouse to answer your questions live. So don't forget to tune in on Tuesday nights. No, actually, it's Tommy and Clyde by contract. That, that, that has to be said that way. <laughs> so I want to remind you guys about uh, uh, taking our survey once again. So please take a moment and uh, take our survey at jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. Uh, do it right now while you're listening. you got multiple tabs on that browser. Open up another tab and uh, fill that puppy out. And now it's time for some radio com tech. So are you guys familiar with uh, propagation? Probably not. If I called it skip, does that mean more to you? Well, that's what propagation is. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's the reflection of radio signals from great distances. Now, that can be a short distance, but generally speaking, it's uh, several hundred miles at least uh, for skip or propagation to occur. Not always, but that's generally how, uh, how it works, or, or at least the way we, we, you know, it's most familiar to us. So the CB band, which uh, resides on 11 meters, is a, is a very small band compared to the bands, plural, for ham radio. Each band acts a little differently, and that is to say their propagation is different. 75 meters, or 80 meters if you want to be a purist, is uh, best at night. Signals will start moving out 500 miles or more, and you can almost count on being able to talk to the same person each night, whether you want to or not. So on 40 meters is also a nighttime band. You'll be playing Dodge with foreign broadcast stations, though, and it's uh, not a bad daytime band, just better at night. Now, 20 meters is the race car of ham bands. <laughs> this is where all the, uh, the, uh, the big DXers, the, the people that are chasing skip, DX being the ham term for skip, uh, DX being distance, uh, that's where they go to get all these contacts. Uh, so this is the place where you go during the day and talk all over the world. 
Now, again, these are general rules. 20 meters can be open at night, but you can always count that if the propagation is there, daytime is going to be your best signals. And sometimes you can't get a word in edgewise because the entire band is filled with hams from all over the world trying to make contact with one another. Now, 15, 12, and 10 meters are all daytime bands, and yeah, they're similar to 11 meters, the CB band, which all this is really frequency-based. And if you go back a, a few episodes, you'll see how meters uh, turns into uh, specific frequencies that you're using. And uh, if you do a little research on it, you'll see how it all makes sense. Well, I say how it makes sense. You'll learn it. It may not make sense to you because <laughs> it's kind of confusing, actually. Uh, so that pretty much covers the uh, HF or high frequency hand bands. Now, I'm not saying the band stops working with daylight or dark. It just acts differently depending on the sun's radiation. Uh, talking with CB can be fun, but being on ham radio is like having a seven course meal. It's a, a lot to take in and it's pretty damn fancy. So uh, if you really want to have some fun, look into tropospheric propagation that occurs on two meters. Now that's something that will occur your hair. Well, where did that go wrong? Let me know or add to what I've said. Just go to jeeptalkforum.com or email me at info at jeeptalkshow.com with a uh, uh, radio com tech uh, in the subject line. So, folks, now it's time for something we look forward to each and every week, and that's hearing from the mind of Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, feeling a little under the weather today. I think I have the cold or flu or uh, malaria, possibly. But uh, I want to have a question about uh, wipers and can they be adjusted? Because uh, when I turn on my wipers, they just kind of glance across the windshield. They don't come anywhere near my face or nose, which I really need wiped. And uh, we won't talk about the rear wipers. Those things are way off. And uh, with that being said, Halloween is around the corner, so uh, be careful. Watch out for all the little uh, candy gobblers out there running around begging for candy. And uh, if you ever want some free toilet paper when the kids uh, knock on your door this Halloween... Instead of giving them some candy, just uh, give them a good old can of soup or some peas or something. You'll get all the free toilet paper you need for a year. All right, boys and girls, I'll uh, chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? Girl, I think you ought to keep that rig at the mall. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you got Dana 60s and 40. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now, you know, you can use them with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with a tank of big old tires and a lighter. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys you need to give me a beer. Love that one. Well, hey, guys, you're going to love this, too. If you got deep pockets, well, I've got just the thing for your Jeep. This is uh, the must-have stuff for your Jeep. Now, this is going to be, um, let's say, for, for those who definitely need that wow factor, for those who need those bragging rights and, and that sort of thing, this is for the Rubicam. It's for the basic non-DVR kit. This is the original rock-crawling camera. No more all-you-see-is-sky moments. No more blind crests. No more jumping in and out of the vehicle to check for clearances. Use it as a personal spotter. 
Use it to film your off-road videos. It's made out of aluminum with aluminum construction, waterproof, dustproof, shockproof, the whole nine yards. IR night vision on all their cameras can split the screen with one, two, three, and four-way modes via remote control, which is included. You can see all the angles from your rig from inside the cab with RubyCam. It'll change the way that you wheel. If you have questions or would like some more information on this product and to see it in action, we'll head over to redpeakoffroad.com and check out the RubyCam. The basic kit, non-DVR, starts at $749 and goes up from there. The v, uh, the DVR kit is around uh, $1,400, and guys, you can add four cameras onto the system. You could have a camera on each and every vehicle or on each and every tire if you want it to. Really cool stuff. This is definitely next-level Jeep toy type stuff, guys. $750 for a camera and screen kit for your Jeep, guys. Trust me, this is not a GoPro. So this reminds me, and I know it's not this detailed, but this reminds me of the F-35 with uh, the see-through cockpit. It literally allows the pilot to see through the airplane mm. so they can track uh, targets or uh, bogeys, inbound bogeys, anywhere from any. It, it would just be so cool to have a heads-up uh, display, a helmet-mounted thing, and you just look down and you can see where your tire is going up and over things. That would be... In- in the late 80s, early 90s, I believe it was a joint venture between Mercedes and uh, Land Rover. They were working on a heads-up display system for, for the Land Rovers um, using cameras underneath the vehicle uh, that would project uh, a stereoscopic image onto the windshield uh, using two cameras that would point down so you could see uh, from either direction uh, the front end of your vehicle. Basically, what you would be looking at if you were able to look directly through the hood and through the engine of the vehicle. Pretty cool <laughs> that stuff. That would be so awesome when you're rock there, crawling. There is a very cheesy and and looks like it was recorded by VHS tape uh, video oh, no. on YouTube <laughs> of this sort of stuff. Uh, uh, you guys can see that. It's it's pretty fun. Uh, well, that's cool. Let's see if hey, this folks, one- uh, Another reminder to well, don't go say over. it like that. That's just like kind of like uh, here's another one. No, but it's another reminder. You need five <laughs> reminders to be for it to sink in. Oh, we need to put two more in here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so anyway, go over to jeeptalkshow.com/survey and please, please take our survey. Just it just takes a couple of seconds. Yeah, we would really like that. <laughs> I'm watching. Uh, I'm watching. Well, I, I can't say show notes. I, I see Josh is uh, uh, urinating into the dirt, saying, "And it sits, and it sits, and it sits." So it reminds me of that thing about cats. If it <laughs> the box, you know, if it if it fits, it sits. <laughs> yeah. So my uh, my Jeep is still sitting. Um, I do have my replacement head on the workbench, and uh, I'm I'm about ready to start honing and, and polishing and all that sort of stuff. The problem is is that I uh, the only way that I'm looking at being able to do this is by going to a junkyard, pulling off a head, and digging out a couple of valves because I can't do this without having a couple of, of scrap valves um, with me that I can use as guides uh, because I need, to, I need to know basically how far in, uh, you know, up to the valve seat that I can go. And, uh, and without having a, a couple of, uh, of scrap valves that I can you know, occasionally nick here and there, uh, you know, I can't do this as accurately as I would like to. So, um, yeah, I'm either going to have to order a, a pair of valves, you know, one for the intake and one for the, uh, for the exhaust, 
uh, or I'm going to have to take my happy butt over to the junkyard and spend several hours oh boy, going yeah, and digging up. through and yeah, pulling out. That'd be a lot of work. Yeah. don't want to do that. So, you know, it's, it comes down to what is my time worth? And I, it's like, well, I can, you know, I could get, you know, a set of valves. You know, I could get a new set for relatively inexpensive. I, I haven't yet found the ability to buy a single valve, you know, just one. Um, so I may have to, you know, dig around a little bit more. Maybe I have to, you know, see if I got any uh, contacts in my dealership network or anything like that. See if I can't find one of these. Um, in any case, that's where I'm at with everything. Um, I'm still going to be porting and polishing. Uh, I recently found out, guys, that I will be going to the Easter Jeep Safari next year. Uh, I just had a, a friend uh, get in contact with me. He recently just bought a new toy, got himself a CJ7. Um, it's on 60s, uh, Dana 60s, rather. Um, and uh, he's got Hummer beadlocks on it, uh, a 350 in it. The thing is just built, and he's, he's going to take it another step further. Well, he is bound and determined uh, to get that thing down to Easter Jeep Safari, and he's not taking no for an answer. So... Uh, if my Jeep is ready by then, well, then he's going to trailer both of our rigs down. Uh, and if uh, if it's not, then uh, I got dibs on uh, on the co-pilot seat. So um, I will be at Easter Jeep Safari for um, the, what is it, be the 51st year anniversary? Yay. Well, yep. why, not the, fun. why not the 50th? What's wrong? I mean, Because that was uh, this year. <laughs> so anyway, the uh, I see that you can get a crown uh, intake valve uh, from carparts.com for $7.43. Ah, there we go. Carparts.com. I have to write that down. I'm sure there's more than that. You can probably go to eBay too and find them. Uh, just uh, the the shipping might uh, might hurt you. Although this one says, uh, "Oh, I'm sorry, it says no tax." Yeah, well, that's an out of state thing. Well, I'm sorry yeah, to hear I about that, I don't Josh. Have sales that's tax how, here in Oregon, anyways. So. That's hard to get motivated uh, when you you have a big project like that. Well, this is one of those things where there is just so much that has to be all my. I have to have so many ducks in a row before mm-hmm. I can turn wrench one. And, and it's just, it's, it's daunting because, well, there's a fairly decent price tag that comes with that. I mean, I have to, one, I have to, I have to get all the, all the stuff to actually do the porting and polishing. Um, and, you know, we're talking, you know, multiple bits and stuff um, and, and different components and everything for, uh, for my die grinders to, to do this job. And then, and that's not including the gaskets and everything else that I got to do. And, and I've pretty much at this point um, made the determination that, that I'm, I'm definitely replacing, uh, the lifters and I might even replace the cam. Um, so I, I, I may at this point do a full rebuild and have to do it in three months or less. So I think I can do it. Yeah. You can actually do a full rebuild in about three weeks, uh, with, with, with the, if you have the, the cash and like I was telling yeah. you the other day in chat, uh, Matt did his for 700 bucks and, uh, but he did not replace the cam and, uh, that's why I've, I told you a couple of times. I, I made the mistake with my two thousand dollar engine of putting a, a crane cam in it and not sticking mm. with stock. I was advised to stick with stock, and then uh, I actually saw Matt. He actually kept the same cam that he had because it wasn't worn. And uh, I, th- I can't remember what he told me. I think that he said that nobody made cams as good as what Jeep made them for the four and you put I something else, that too. yeah. And I you put something that. else in there, you run the risk of having issues. Well, you had an issue with your lifters not being all the same height or something, didn't you? You got I got I that thought was you got the first bad set. lifters out of the box. Or, yeah, that or was the first set, and then uh, got re- got the replacement box, and and Matt all by himself tore everything apart, replaced all the lifters, and uh, then we were fine until that one lobe uh, on the uh, the crane cam uh, got. You know, lower and lower and lower, and uh, then the it, eventually the valve uh, dropped a valve inside and cratered the entire engine. 
So whenever you, every time you say new cam, new cam, I just, it makes me cringe. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, I'm not a hundred percent on it. And it, it's one of those things where, I mean, I, I, I would take a play, a page out of your playbook and I, I wouldn't get a crane cam. I would, I would do an OEM cam, mm-hmm. um, on that. And, and same thing with the lifters and all that. I, it, it, I don't need any performance in the bottom end of this thing. It's, it's, it's a Jeep motor. It's good. Right. You know, unless I'm going to start doing alcohol injection or something like that. And I'm not building a Jeep speed motor to begin with. So, right. you know, this I'm trying to keep that grunt down the low end. I'm trying to, you know, increase the horsepower, increase the torque, but I'm trying to keep it down in the RPM range. So, you know, this this is all very, very specific and purpose intent here in this project. So, well, I st- and it still concerns me that your oil pressure, uh, you were having oil pressure problems prior to this occurring. And yeah, I know I that know. I know that you weren't having ticking noises and stuff. So obviously there was oil pressure, but it just it seems to be a a rolling thing, a rolling issue. And I guess that's one of the reasons why I was well, uh, kind what of would telling you about noises mean the uh, hydraulic lifters uh, have to be pumped up and if you have insufficient oil pressure they the hydraulic lifters will not pump up fully so that leaves a gap between the push rod and the rocker arm to for that moves the valves up and down and uh it leaves a little gap in there and it starts going as it's running because it's slapping instead of just being riding on top of the rocker it could be was you know piston slap um and that's basically with with the 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 piston is is moving in a direction it's not supposed to, and it's it's basically slapping the inside of the uh, uh, of the cylinder. Yeah, but that's not oil pressure related, is it? No, not directly. It can be a cause of low oil pressure. You you have too much oil pressure, now you can get some piston slap down in there. Um, you let it go too long. Uh, I don't think that that happened in my case, and and I've got good compression, so. Again, that that leads me to believe that the whole bottom end is is in good shape. So. I still don't understand why there was uh, fuel uh, in your. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only I, I way know. you get there there's, is there's, hole in the piston or uh, blow by uh, from the rings, and the compression test doesn't bore any exactly. of that out. So, all right, Tammy, uh, prepping the wax is back. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, first of all, I've been prepping for my off-roading trip which is this weekend. I'll be leaving tomorrow, heading up to Rush Creek. And it's the fourth annual Women's Wheeling event. Um, I'm so excited to be a sponsor. Um, my logo will be on the T-shirt that um, the ladies will be getting. And just really excited to go um, up to uh, Rush Creek for a weekend of wheeling. But as I was prepping, I'm walking around my Jeep, you know, packing everything and checking everything out. I looked at my fenders. <laughs> that was your first mistake. I know. The wax is back. Um, the mother's um, back to black. Um, did a good job temporarily, but I think it must have rained or something, but it's all back. So the only way I'm ever going to get rid of that wax is to get rid of my fenders. I think it's an excellent reason to, to take half, yeah. your, half your paycheck and go buy some $750 JCR fenders. <laughs> More than half my paycheck. I don't get paid that much. I was, I was, you know, I was yeah. doing it on purpose. Um, so either that, or I'm just going to have to put up with it, or I don't know, maybe paint my my fenders purple. Yeah, you no. could do that. Uh, except yeah, for the wax, the the paint will yeah. bubble up where the wax is. No, yeah, actually, the wax will still come actually, through. you'd be better off uh, getting those uh, metal uh, fenders. Then you could paint them. The plastic ones would be tough to paint. Yeah. You'd have to use no, flexible no. paint and everything for it to stay on there. So, but that that's really about it for me. I want um, you to get those JCR uh, fenders. I think they're really cool looking. Yeah. 
I just need to start saving some money. I still also need to get my front diff cover back on or put it on. I, I haven't had a chance to do that yet. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get over to some uh, wheeling wear. Yeah, this is we're going to talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. We have the 7th Annual Boo Bash happening October 28th through the 30th. This is over at the Dirty Turtle Off-Road Park, the DTOR in Bedford, Kentucky, just 45 minutes from Louisville, about an hour from Cincinnati, and just two and a half hours from Indianapolis. For more information, head over to DirtyTurtleOffRoad.com. We also have SEMA coming up, the Special Equipment Manufacturer Association. This is the big show, guys. October 31st through November 6th, Las Vegas, Nevada. For more information, head to SEMAshow.com. Well, and if you've never been to SEMA, uh, oh. take a Segway with you or some roller skates. Yeah. It is a lot of walking. It's it's very interesting. Very well, anything interesting. in Vegas is. Yeah, I'm not a big any, any, uh, yeah. Well, any a, conference? Yeah, I guess so. But I'm uh, that's the only one I've ever been to. I'm not a not a huge fan of uh, of Vegas. There's not a lot to do if you uh, don't gamble or you don't drink, and you're married. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're watching this on YouTube, we want you to know that the Jeep Talk Show is also available in audio only format. Great to listen to while commuting or while working on your Jeep. Subscribe via iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, and now on iHeartRadio, and never miss an episode. Speaking of subscribing, you now can subscribe with your money, and we've had several people do this. Thank you very, very much. Yes, you can contribute directly to the show via PayPal. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the orange button that says subscribe. You can select 25 cents a week up to $1. Your account will be charged weekly, canceled at any time. Even if you don't subscribe, we appreciate you taking time to listen to the show. Hey, and did you know it can take up to four days for your favorite podcast episode to show up on Apple iTunes? It's true. iTunes is a great free service, and we appreciate Apple for all their hard work. But we want our listeners to get the Jeep Talk Show as quickly as possible. That's why we are recommending that all of you iTunes users subscribe to our podcast. No multi-day delay. You'll get the newest episodes much quicker. Open up iTunes, search for Jeep Talk Show, and hit the subscribe button. And never miss a great, funny, and informative podcast. Another way that you cannot miss out on everything is by subscribing to our <laughs> YouTube channel. That's a great way to make sure that you guys don't miss a thing. YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Need all the subscriptions we can get, guys. And, and, that's, and for every 100 episodes or 100 subscribers, we get a cookie. See, I wanted to play this, Josh. You love cookies. <laughs> well, hey guys, that's it for this week. If uh, if you, wherever you guys are wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better, condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly, stay on designated trails, and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the tread lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to treadlightly.org. Hey folks, and don't forget, you can follow me on my Jeep journey at www.jeepmama.com. Of course, you guys can find all of my uh, weird and sick and twisted <laughs> happenings going on over at thevoiceofjosh.com. See just how many voices I might have inside my head. Oh, that's scary. Oh, gee, especially for Halloween. There was no Halloween talk, Josh. You're going to do uh, well, we fireworks We have one more stuff? episode between now and then. I, I got something in store. All right. All right. Well, you guys have a great Jeep week. We'll see you uh, next Tuesday for the Jeep Talk call-in show. Don't see miss the later. next live show, guys. Thir next Thursday. You don't want to miss it.